0: Log Talk
1: Radio. The Proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ by Members of the Churches of Christ with your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to. The Gospel Light Radio Show.
2: Thank you for tuning in to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler. And I seem to be having some audio difficulty here, but let's we'll go ahead and go through the show anyway see how this turns out. I hope my co-host can hear me because I can't hear myself right now. Ladies and gentlemen, my co-host on this broadcast is Tim Bitt from the state of Texas, Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, Steve Corder from the state of Illinois, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey, and Robert Lee Johnson from the State of Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, we're grateful that you're tuning into our radio broadcast this evening. This radio show is being brought to you by loving and faithful members of the Churches of Christ. We would ask you to take out your Bibles and study along with us. We have a very exciting show planned for your spiritual enlightenment and your edification. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009, at yahoo.com, or you can give me a call at Steve B's Media Production Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks... Get out your Bibles and stay along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show.
1: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
2: Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask you to bow with me a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, Heavenly Father, to follow our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you would be with my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington, on the show this evening as he breaks unto us the bread of life. And we also ask you to be with my co-host, Steve Cordo as he answers the questions that are on the hearts of so many. We pray that you'll continue to bless their families that support their efforts. They may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will be with our listeners this evening who are tuning in to this radio broadcast via Blog Talk Radio, as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, and that their hearts may be pricked as they consider their eternal stance before you. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do? To be saved, Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, to die such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of your will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives and that we have been faithful unto death. All we pray to do is save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen.
1: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the broadcast. Our speakers for this evening in the first segment will be Dr. Frank Washington. He serves with the West Broward Church of Christ there in Plantation, Florida. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of christ and in the second segment i have a question from my shout it out platform on social media facebook that i'll be posing to my co-host steve as and he serves as the evangelist this is a new work for steve with the east park church of christ there in danville illinois we'll just have one speaker on the show this evening so open up your bibles and open your minds and let's have a great show after the break and next what you, will be that of my co-host dr frank washington enjoy the show
1: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
3: So, yeah. Come on to the line Double left and for life Let it shine. Got four lights uh, Let it side uh, Let it
1: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ.
2: Now, my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. Good
4: evening, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, friends, and visitors. I want to thank you uh, tonight for taking the time from your very busy schedules, and some of you are probably having dinner at this time. Well, that's good, too. Uh, You ought to be blessed and thankful. Um, Tonight I want to talk to you uh, about some very interesting uh, aspects in the book of Revelation. But before I do that, uh, I want to get you on board Uh, With the lesson that I'm about to present to you on tonight Uh, Also, I want you to keep in prayer uh, Brother Stevie B and his um, And this radio program This great work that he is involved in So keep him in your prayers That no evil will, you know, befall him Or his program And uh, that God will keep that evil uh, from him Amen Where will you be? Where will you be? When the clouds burst open, where will you be? Will there be joy in your heart when Jesus uh, you will see? Will you be running to hide from his face or standing there with your head hanging in disgrace? It surely is coming, and the time is near at hand. When Jesus comes to take his children to that heavenly land You he played long enough Saying one day I'll get saved The road to hell by good intentions Has been well paved Yes I saw Jesus Breaking through the sky And I thank God That by his grace I'll never die In a grave one day They might put this old shell But I'll be at the throne Praising the one Who saved me from hell Even so, come Lord Jesus, Old Brother John did say, are you really looking forward to that resurrection day? Do you dread the day he comes down from above? Because for you, it won't be filled with peace and love. When the grim reaper comes with his mighty plow, will you value the things that you value now? It's time to stop your silly song and dance. Call on him to be saved while there's still a chance. Amen. In Daniel chapter 12 and verse number two, uh, summarizes the two very different fates facing mankind. Many of them, the Bible says, many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Daniel chapter 12 and verse number 2. Now, everyone will be raised from the dead, but not everyone will share the same destiny. The New Testament reveals the further detail of separate resurrections for the just and the unjust. What are you saying here, Doc? Well, well, here's what I'm saying. There will be two, according to John, two resurrections. And identify, and it identifies those involved in those resurrections. Romans chapter 20 and verse number 4 through 6 mentions a first resurrection. If you have your Bibles, We'll begin verse number four and verse number six. Here it mentions the first resurrection and identifies those involved, blessed and holy. Verse number four, and I saw, the thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshiped the beast or his image. And had received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy resurrection. Now, that's the first Resurrection, the first resurrection will be of the dead in Christ at the Lord's return. And if you look at uh, Thessalonians 5 and verse number 17, the Bible says, According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the temple or the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we uh, will be with the Lord forever. This is the first Resurrection that's the resurrection We all want to be in amen We all want to be in that First resurrection Now in Revelation 20 and verse number 12 through 13 defies those Comprising of The second resurrection As the wicked uh, Are judged by God At the great white throne judgment Prior to being cast in the lake of fire Read with me if you will Revelation 20 uh, Beginning at verse uh, Let's start at verse number 11 The Bible says Then I saw a great white throne And him That him is going to be Jesus Christ Who sat on it From whose face the earth And the heaven fled away And there was found no place for them And I saw the dead Small and great Standing before God and books were opened. And another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead. Now who are the dead? There are those who believe that the dead represents the unbelievers, the sinners. The dead were judged according to their deeds or their works. By the things which were written In the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and hell, Hades, were cast into the lake of fire. This is the lake of fire death, or the second death. And verse 15, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire this second resurrection as the wicked ju- uh, as the wicked are judged by god during this judgment prior to being cast uh, in the lake of fire the second resurrection then is the raising of all unbelievers the second resurrection is connected to the second death now there are some scholars who believe and teach. And there are some, you know, dominations that teach that the event which divides the first and second resurrection seems to be the millennial. The last of the righteous are raised to reign with Christ a thousand years, Revelations 20 and verse number four. But the rest of the dead, that is the wicked, the sinners, live not again until the thousand years. We're finished Revelation uh, chapter 5 Now there are three points That I want to give you But before I go there I want to let you know that Jesus here For the Father has committed all things to him According to Matthew 19, 28 Jesus said, I tell you the truth At the renewal of all things When the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne You who have followed me Will also sit on 12 thrones Judging the 12 tribes of Israel. These lost sinners rejected Christ in their life, during their lifetime. Now they must be judged by him and face eternal death. Well, from where do these dead come from? Death will give up the bodies, and Hades, the realm of the spirits of the dead, will give up the spirits. There will even be a resurrection of bodies from the sea. So no sinner in that second resurrection will escape. So Jesus Christ is going to judge those unsaved people. Will judge those unsaved people on the basis of what is written in the books. What books? Well, for one thing, God's word will be there. John chapter four, John chapter twelve, in verse number forty-eight, there is a judge for the for the ones who reject and does not accept my words, that this word which I spoke will condemn him at the last day. So the word that I have spoken, the words that Jesus has spoken through his word, the gospel, that same judge, those same words will judge him uh, or her in the last day. So every sinner will be held accountable for the truth he or she has heard uh, in Their life there will also be A book containing uh, the works Of the sinners being judged through Though this does not suggest that a person Can do good works sufficient uh, To enter into heaven Ephesians 2 8 and 9 The Bible says for it is by grace you have Been saved through faith And this is not from yourselves it is the Gift of God not by works So that no one uh, No one can boast so why Then doc will Jesus Consider the works, good and bad, of the people before the throne during judgment. Well, to determine the degree of punishment, they will endure in hell. Most scholars believe that there are degrees of punishment in hell. Each lost sinner will receive just what is due him, and none will be able to argue with the Lord or question his decision. God knows what sinners are doing, and his book will reveal the truth. So let me get to the three things I want to talk to you about uh, on tonight. At the end of this age, several things must come to pass. Jesus is going to return to gather his own as he left. In Acts one eleven, Jesus says, "Men of Galilee, they said, "Why do you stand here looking into the sky?" This same Jesus." who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him going into heaven. Jesus is going to return to gather his own as he left, even as he promised. John chapter 14 and verse number 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. And this is the first resurrection. He's going to return to gather us all. The final judgment, we are going to stand before God. And this is the time when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is the great day uh, of the Lord. So three things uh, we want to I want to point out to you three simple things that I want to point out to you about we shall stand before God. Where will you be? Where will you stand before God? Number one, we will stand before God. We will stand before God, the God whose face no man can see and live. The God whose glory was revealed to Isaiah. The God whose word is going to be the final authority. Interpretations and opinions will not count here. The God who is altogether holy and righteous. The God who created the earth and also shall destroy it.
2: We shall stand
4: before that next week shall stand before God. The destiny of Christians was sealed at Calvary, but every person will be there. We will be there. You and I will be there. In verse 12 through 13, and I saw the dead, small and great, standing before the throne, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and the dead and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what she had done. We shall stand before God. Finally, we shall stand before God So if you wrote down, we shall stand before God You will highlight God, we shall stand before God Next, we, the we, shall stand before God And finally, we're going to look at we shall stand before God Matthew 5 and 34 said Then the king will say to those on his right Come, ye who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Christians, believers, are going to hear, Come, ye blessed of my Father. All of us want to hear. Come, ye blessed of my Father. Now all the others, the second resurrection, all they will hear is what comes from Matthew seven twenty three. Then I will say to them plainly, I never knew you. Get away from me, you evildoers. I never knew you. That's some words that you never want to hear God say. I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. He says in, in verse 14 and 15, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire. Prepare for the devil and his angels. And these individuals were cast into that fire. Now, I mentioned earlier that there are several, there are some scholars who teach and believe that there are certain levels of punishment. And the idea that there are different levels of punishment in hell is graphically portrayed in the Divine Comedy written by Dante. If you're a literary, you know, fan then you will know who Dante is in, in 1308. But although the Bible does not specifically say there are different levels of punishment in hell, it does seem to indicate that judgment will indeed be experienced differently for different people. In Revelations 20, 11 through 15, the people are judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Now, many of us don't know what books they are, but they one book that will be there will be uh, God's word. His word will be one of the books. And in uh, Revelation 20 and verse number 12, in Revelation 20:13 through 15, all the people at this judgment are thrown into the lake of fire. So perhaps the judgment is to be determined how severe the punishment in hell uh, is going to be. But a clearer picture of this is found, I believe, in Luke chapter 10, where Jesus speaks of comparative punishment. You may not have heard about that, but it is called comparative punishment on judgment day. And here's what that involves. First of all, in Luke chapter 10, first Jesus says this about a village that rejects the gospel. He says, I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom, Than for that town Now you got to go to Luke chapter 10 Verse number 12 to figure out The context of that verse to see What he means but then he Speaks of Bethsaida and Chorazin in verse Number 14 he says It will be more bearable Tyre and Sidon At the judgment than For you so whatever Punishment the former residents Of Sodom Tyre Sidon, were experiencing the Galilean towns that refused to hear Christ would experience more than the others. So the level of punishment in hell seems to be tied uh, to the amount of life a person uh, receives or the word of God the person receives. Now, another indication that hell has different levels of punishment, they say, is found in Jesus' words in Luke chapter 12. If you get Luke chapter 12, watch this The servant who knows the master's will And does not get ready Or does not do what the master wants Will be beaten with many blows But the one who does not know And does things deserving punishment Will be beaten with few blows From everyone who has been given much Much will be demanded And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Now, whatever degrees of punishment hell may or may not contain, what is clear, my friend, is that hell is a place to avoid. Amen. Now, unfortunately, the Bible states that most people will wind up in hell. The Bible says in Matthew seven, thirteen through fourteen, Wide is the gate and broad is the way the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few will find it. Now the question one must ask is Which road am I on? Which road are you on tonight? The many on the broad road have one thing in common. They have all rejected Christ. They all have rejected the gospel as the one and only way to heaven, into salvation. Jesus says in John 14:6, I am the way. Jesus says he is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. And no one comes to the Father except he comes through me. So when he said he is the only way, that is precisely what he meant. That's precisely what Jesus meant. Everyone following another way besides Jesus Christ is on the broad road to destruction. And the suffering that they are going to receive is hideous, dreadful, eternal, and is going to be unavoidable. Brothers and sisters, friends and visitors, there will be no mercy at judgment. There will only be judgment. Pronunciation of the sentence. there's going to be separation from God from loved ones, from friends. This is why Jesus gave his all. You may avoid the second. Death. Thank you all for listening Thank you for taking the time to uh, hear me talk about Where will we stand When we stand before God God bless
1: Is
5: your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665. Or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com.
2: These are the announcements for the events and activities in the Churches of Christ. If you'd like to have your events and activities announced on this radio broadcast, you can contact me at Stevie B's Media Production Studio at 910 491 Or send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. Due to the coronavirus pandemic outbreak, I will not be making any announcements regarding public announcements until further notice, but I will be making announcements for the uh, events and activities that are happening here on social media. On Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 p.m., Pacific Central Standard Time, I'm sorry, and 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, there'll be a nationwide gospel call that's sponsored by the Church of Christ in Highland Heights from Houston, Texas, and the telephone number to this call is 857-216-6700, and the access code is 328-492. This is a nationwide outreach to those who are not members of the Churches of Christ, and the speakers will be presenting a basic salvation message for them to learn what they must do in order to be saved, as well as information regarding the Churches of Christ. And In addition, it is intended to edify and strengthen the faith of those who are Christians. On a daily basis at 6 a.m. in Central Standard Time, the Ladies in Christ Prayer Line hosted by the Church of Christ in Lafayette, Louisiana. And the telephone number to this prayer line is 605-472-5203. My co-host here on the Gospel Light Radio Show, Steve Cordell, has a new book entitled God's Grace in You. And you can order this book from the 21st Century Christian Catalog. There will be a spring-summer series every fourth Wednesday of the month at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. This will be a preacher's panel discussion. Join Minister Michael Crusoe as he moderates a series of discussions featuring seasoned preachers of the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ. And the topic under discussion will be expanding the role of women in Christian worship, a word from the Lord. Coming up in the next few months, I have some new programming that we got scheduled on tap. On August the first, we'll be kicking off a new show, just say it, hosted by Michelle Marco from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and co-hosted by Dr. Louis Lugo from Tampa, Florida, and also co-hosted by Cheryl Grossman from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So looking forward to putting on that production. Also coming soon. As a part of the What a Word from the Lord radio show that airs on Tuesday night, there'll be a new show by Kelly Fletcher, and that show will air every fourth Tuesday of the month, and also coming soon to Stevie B's Media Productions, we'll be kicking off a new show by Brother Edward Keaton, the Edward Keaton Show from Atlanta, Georgia, and this show will air every Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Brother Keaton will be discussing Theology, racism and politics. Looking forward to that production. And just a program reminder, Stevie B's media production, we're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. The every Tuesday evening from six to eight PM Eastern Standard Time, five to seven PM Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting the live show, What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. And each week I have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ who will be presenting a message from the Word of God. We also have a Community Corner segment on that broadcast. It's designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have Protestant services for our community. And I have three co-hosts on that show. Uh, Lou Gilbert, he's the evangelist for the Oak Brook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And my newest co-host, Shauna Oldis from the Great Way Church of Christ there in Nashville, Tennessee. She has a team, the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry, and they will air every third Tuesday of the month on that broadcast. And also my newest co-host, Isom Mullins, she serves here with the Helen Street Church of Christ here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I also failed to mention that the, the Helen Street Church of Christ here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, has uh, opened up their building and they are now meeting for public worship. And that service is at Their worship services start at 10, and the Bible class starts at 11 after their worship services. And that's at 500 Helen Street here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Also, I have on Thursday night, I'm hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. And this show airs from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And I have eight co-hosts on this show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, there are eight co-hosts on this radio show And each week I have two co-hosts on the air with me presenting messages from the Word of God. Also, I have a segment on the broadcast called Shout It Out. I have a question that I'm taking from my social media platform on Facebook called Shout It Out. But I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on this live show. And then on Friday night at our new time, I'll be hosting a live show, Stevie B. Acapella Gospel Music Blast radio show. And on this radio show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, the Sweet Sounds of Voices. And we also do have the Story Glory segment every first Friday of the month where I'm interviewing the artists who are playing on this radio show. Now, on this Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, I will not be doing my Top 20 Countdown show for the month of June. Instead, I will be doing a special tribute show to my, one of my staff members here at Stevie B's Music the Her name was Linda Dilly. She was recently killed here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where she lived. She was hit head-on by a drunk driver. She was killed in that car accident a few weeks ago, so I'm going to pay a tribute to her this Friday night. If you listen to The Blast for any length of time, you know I'm always talking about Linda Billy on that radio show, and I am truly going to miss her. She was the one who was writing all the questions for me for the artist that I was interviewing on that radio show, so we're certainly going to miss her. And our prayers and condolences go out to her family. My on-demand episodes, if you can't catch any of these live shows, wherever you're getting your favorite podcasts from, I always like to uh, announce some of my favorite, not my favorite, but some of the most popular uh, musical platforms that you can listen to podcasts. Uh, You can type in Stevie B Media Productions. You'll see all of the shows that we're producing here on a weekly basis. And some of the major ones that I always like to announce is Spotify. Um, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, YouTube, just to name a few. There's a lot of musical platforms out there that you can listen to podcasts from, but those are some of the major ones that people are more familiar with. I'd like to uh, give a shout out to all of my sponsors. I have a new sponsorship manager. Her name is Michelle Marco from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I'd like to, if you'd like to be a sponsor of any of these radio shows, just give her a call at 954-687-4705. And I'd like to give a shout-out to my current sponsor, Sharon Norwood. She's from Chicago, Illinois. Bethesda Memorial Funeral Director Crematory Services in DeSoto, Texas. Stanley Phillips, she's in Little Rock, Arkansas. Sharon Moraw from Charlotte, North Carolina. Yvonne Blazing Cracker Gooch from Nashville, Tennessee; Melvin Jackson from High Point, North Carolina; Marquise Holman from Charlotte, North Carolina; Stephanie Booker Wilson from Greensboro, North Carolina; Diversified Financial Network LLC from out of Dallas, Texas; Owners Mark and Charlotte Carroll, and O'Dane Faith Publishing from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The three E's of Stevie B Media Production. It is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate. We want to edify. We want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. Stay tuned. The shout-out question is coming up next.
1: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
3: Give me a song to
0: sing. So oh.
1: listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Shout It Out Question.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the portion of the broadcast where I have a question from my social media platform called Shout It Out, and we want to pose this question to one of my co-hosts. We also want to encourage our listeners to join that group on social media and get involved in those biblical Discussions Now, my co-host that will be answering this question is Steve Cordell. He serves with the East uh, Park Church of Christ there in Danville, Illinois. This is a new work for Steve. Steve, how is your work going there in Danville?
5: Well, it's been progressing pretty well. In fact, I got a call today from somebody uh, uh, who works with Larry West who wants to come in and give us some uh, evangelism pointers. And so I think uh, we might be uh, uh, getting off the ground here uh, pretty well. Uh, okay. So it's uh, it's uh, going going to go well, I think.
2: What's the population there in Danville?
5: Well, it's about 30,000, 31,000, I think it says on the sign. It used to be a lot larger. This was a big GM town at one time. And about 20 years ago, if you remember, uh, maybe a little more than that, maybe closer to 30, GM closed a bunch of plants in the Midwest, and this was one of them. And so okay. they've lost some people in the town and in the church, unfortunately.
2: Okay. All right. Well, we wish you all the success there at your new work. All right. Now, here's the question that we have for your consideration. Now, this question is from Doug Herlander of Knoxville, Tennessee. And Doug wants to know, please explain why an all-powerful creator of the universe needs praise and worship. He says, further, please explain why humans need to offer praise and worship in each case what deficiencies, what urges are being satisfied? What say you to these questions? Okay.
5: Well, uh, in this question, if you're on Facebook, I've got a, uh, a picture up here of the meme that actually inspired this question. The meme that I shared, oh, it's been about a month ago on my page. It says that the purpose of worship is not to obtain an emotional high uh, to placate the flesh or be entertained. It's not a theater stage or uh dramatics or performances the uh, purpose of worship is to honor glorify and praise our holy god and then it's got john chapter 4 verses 23 and 24 and then mark chapter 7 verses uh, 16 to 13 in reference there and that's what prompted the question now as i was researching this question and i'm going to break it down into a couple of parts here i put it to a couple of facebook groups that i'm in And one common thread that came up as they were uh, considering and we were discussing the question is the idea of need. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 17. I want to begin there, where in Acts chapter 17, beginning in verse 10, Paul is in the town of Berea with Silas and Timothy. And I've got a map up here uh, showing where the layout is. And he goes on ahead to Athens, and that's only, for us, about 100 miles. And that, for us today, isn't really any big deal. But it was a pretty good deal for them in those days to travel. And while waiting for Silas and Timothy to catch up with him, Paul can't help but notice that Athens is filled with, with various idols. And in uh, verse uh, 17, Paul reasoned or debated in the synagogue with Jewish and Gentile worshipers and in the marketplace and basically anywhere he could find an audience. And uh, they heard this message that he was giving about the resurrection. And that's what got their attention. And asked, they asked, well, can we know more about this? And they are a very religious people. They had many altars, many temples to various gods. And there was one that Paul zeroed in on, and that was to the unknown god. And that's his jump-off point to share this message with these people here who are just basically they sit around in the Arapalos aerop- to just hear something new and that was kind of a marketplace there uh that uh, that they had in athens so he starts off telling them he recognizes they are abundantly religious uh they were as we see as, as i said they were looking to worship any new gods and uh here i got a picture of the era Arap- Arap- i have a hard time pronouncing that one but it's the hill of Ares or what's left of it there in athens and um This, uh, I have a picture here of an altar to an unknown god. This is actually in a museum in Rome, but this might be something like what Paul was looking at there in that first century. And in verse uh, 22 of Acts 17, if you're there, he says, Paul stood in the midst of the uh, Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in many things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. We're going to come back to this part. Since he gives uh, to all life, breath, and all things, and he has made of one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth, and he has determined their pre-appointed times and their boundaries of their dwellings, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope of, that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, and also some of, our own, uh, some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think of the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone or something shaped by art and man's, uh, man's uh, delvings. Uh, truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by uh, when, or rather by whom. He has ordained, he has given assurance of this to all by casting, uh, raising him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, while others said, we will hear you again on this matter. So Paul departed from among them. However, some men joined him and believed, among them Diocenes, uh, the Pagite, and a woman named uh, Demeris, and others with them. So first, you notice, we're going to break this down. Paul is going to address the nature of God. He is Lord of heaven, verse 24, and earth does not dwell in temples made with hands. A lot of times we call our church buildings the house of God or the Lord's house, and that is really not correct. He doesn't dwell in buildings anymore. The church is really the people inside. And notice that he's talking about that God is independent of any and all humans. So he doesn't need the services of our hands. He is omnipresent. He is anywhere, or rather everywhere. We don't need a specific building or place to go to worship. Uh, I've actually had uh, worship assemblies in hotel rooms, uh, at airports, uh, in campgrounds, wherever uh, we happen to be assembled uh, on a Sunday. And then God is sovereign. He's Lord of heaven and earth. He is the divine ruler of all. And not only did God make the world and everything in it, but being lord of heaven and earth gives him authority over everything. And the concept of one god creating everything would have been very strange to the pagans of Athens. And such a god obviously is not going to need this altar to the unknown god or any temple. And even Solomon recognized the fact that when the temple was built, he affirmed that god did not literally dwell there, but it was more of a representation of his presence. And so when we go on to this, uh, to the answer, when, or rather to the question, when he says to answer the first part of the question, please explain why an all-powerful God needs praise and worship. Well, the answer is he doesn't need praise and worship, any more than Warren Buffett and might need me to loan him a couple hundred dollars to get him through to the next payday. God doesn't need our praise and our worship. And in each uh, case, he asks what deficiencies or urges are being satisfied. And as far as God is concerned, there aren't any urges or deficiencies that are being satisfied. He doesn't need the worship that we uh, give, which then takes us into this relation between deity and between humans. The second half of the question, please explain why humans need to offer praise and worship. Well, let's look at this. Let's go back and look at our text here. Notice he says, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. Now, the word here that's translated worship really means primarily to serve. There's, There's different words that can be translated in the original Greek, which is what the New Testament was written in. God is not served with human hands as though he needs anything, and he's not dependent on our service to satisfy any of his needs. See, the pagans thought that God uh, consumed and, and that were sustained by the sacrifices that they brought, and they offered them uh, various things uh, on the altars there, such as that altar to the unknown God. And rather than having needs provided by man, the true God, however, provides man's needs. It's just the opposite. God is the source of life, and he has provided all the blessings. He's provided everything that we need. To think that he depends on us is really erroneous. The pronoun he in this case is emphatic. It's attributing the things of verses 25 and 6 to the one God. Now, when studying apologetics or Christian evidences, and that's the, the, the word, our word apology comes from a Greek word that's actually a legal term. It was used in court where if you were accused of a crime, you would be brought in, told what the charges are, and then asked for your apology, which was your defense. And that's what when we talk about Christian apologetics, that's what we really mean, or evidences or, or defense. It's not like it's become to mean in English where, oh, sorry, I stepped on your foot, that kind of thing. It, it, it's a legal term. Now, I have not, when, I, when I study apologetics, I have not come across any reference to any society that did not worship some kind of God. In other words, any civilization that I know of had some kind of religion as part of its culture. This is what we call the ontological argument for the existence of God. Now, in its simplest, boiled-down, plainest terms, because it can get kind of complicated defining some of these, uh, the, the, the ontological argument states that virtually all people have a concept of some sort of God or higher being and a desire to revere a higher being. And where would that, those tendencies in man come, except they come, originate with a higher being? The idea of worship had to come from somewhere, because humans really are incapable of thinking any original idea. For instance, now while you're listening to this broadcast, try to think of a sixth sense or a seventh sense. Try to think of anything that would be completely uh, original. And we really can't. And skeptics will deny that God can be the result of reasoning. Therefore, the idea uh, of God could not have found its way into human thinking via any kind of reasoning. However, there exists a universal concept of a supreme being. How is that explained? Now, before we really discuss uh, why we should worship God, let's talk about and understand what worship is and what it is not. Because in our modern age, there is a very uh, big, I think, misunderstanding of what worship is. And this can be, uh, this idea can be a little bit complicated to try and, and communicate. And in it, it, fact, this could take a whole nother lesson or maybe even a series of lessons. Now, first of all, I do not believe that everything we do in life is worship. I don't believe scripture teaches that. Uh, and there, there have been some who insist that anything and everything we do is somehow worship to God, like the, uh, the hot dogs that I had for supper. That's not worship to God, that, that God provided uh, the food, provided us the means to get it, but I'm not worshiping God when I eat. Uh, and worship, though, I think can be more than what we do on Sunday mornings and singing some songs, listening to a teaching, and sharing communion. I can worship God in the mornings when I'm having my private uh, devotional time. I'm reading the Bible. I'm in prayer. That can be something there. Uh, that's worship. Worship is not entertainment. All too often what we call worship is really entertainment. Bands, choirs, uh, skits, drama, uh, that's nothing wrong with having skits or drama. I've been in community theater myself, but it doesn't belong in worship to God. God has laid out in the New Testament how we worship and what he expects, and that's not part of it. That's entertainment. And then we walk out feeling a, a real emotional high. Hey, that felt really good, And then we crash a little while later, and and the uh, teachings of the New Testament, the changes we need to make, the improvements we need to make, don't stick with us. They end up just going by the wayside. And worship uh, does not put humans at the center. Let's go back to point number two, that worship is not entertainment. When I hear people say, well, I didn't get anything out of worship, I need a band, I need this, I need that, I need the other – you're thinking about yourself more than you are thinking about God. And this, might, again, might be another series of lessons for another time. I believe that when it comes to uh, worship, the audience should, uh, as Timothy tells, uh, or as Paul told Timothy, they should uh, hear something that uh, convinces them of the truth of the gospel, that rebukes them of sin and wrong in their lives, and then encourages them to uh, do better, encourages them to do the things that God wants us to do. So what is worship? In a simple, no-frills, basic, strip-away-all-the-extras definition, just bring it right down to its no-frills meaning, worship is just bowing before God in reverence and paying proper respect and homage to God. And when we come before God in worship, we give of ourselves to his lordship, we proclaim that he is worthy, and exalt him in praise. True worship is going to cost us something. Romans chapter 1, Paul told the Romans that I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, when I say it's going to cost, I'm not talking money. We don't pay God to worship. We don't charge an admission fee. But it's going to cost in the sense that I have to make changes to my life. There are things I'm going to have to give up in order to acceptably worship God. And it was necessary that sacrifices under the old law had to be made, and they had to be pure and holy. So my life needs to be pure and as holy as I can possibly make it uh, as I am uh, going and serving God. Okay, so let's bring it now to the final part of the question, why do humans worship? we go back to our question. He says, please explain why humans need to offer praise and worship. In each case, what deficiencies or urges are being satisfied? I, I was intrigued by this word deficiency. So I looked it up from the American Heritage Dictionary. What does What is it? Well, it's the quality or condition of being deficient, incomplete, or inadequate. And then notice definition C. That's the one I really want to uh, uh, apply to today, uh, to our lesson here this evening. The state of being deficient, a lack of failing, uh, I lack or failing, uh, a fail, falling short, incompleteness, is of intelligence, uh, attainments, or performance. Falling short or incompleteness. Now, when I looked at that, one passage came to mind. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, and he goes on to talk more about that. Now, there are several words in the New Testament that get translated as sin. The most common is a word hamartia, which means literally to miss the mark. And if you see the picture here of an archer's target with arrows all over the place, you notice none of them are actually on the target. That's what hamartia is. In the the, uh, uh, old Greek terms, it always was connected with a negative failure of something. And harmatia is a failure to attain a goal. It's falling short. It's missing the mark. And in the context of our discussion tonight, it fails to attain a divinely appointed goal. It's a it's a perversion of what is upright according to God's standard. And this is what a lot of times we have a hard time understanding. God has a perfect standard. Humans couldn't make it. And because we miss the mark, there are no amount of good words we can do. If you think I'm just doing good words and hoping to live a good life and God'll let me into heaven you're taking the wrong approach now this and this might be another shouted out question for another segment but biblical instruction about sin and who commits it applies to those who are accountable in other words don't worry about infants who have died in their infancy or someone who's lacking a mental capacity to know right from wrong they're safe an infant who dies is going to go to heaven. They have committed no sin. There's no need for them to be christened or sprinkled or, or anything like that. All we have to remember about God is this. He's like these coins on the screen. Coins, you know, have a head tail and a side tail. They have two sides. God is similar in that he's got a side that's righteous and justice. He's got another side that's grace and mercy. Which one are you going to want on judgment day? People today, there's social justice, there's this justice, that justice. When we stand before God, let me just give you a little hint. You don't want justice. You want mercy and grace. I had a man tell me once that I'm just throwing myself on the mercy of the court. Very wise advice. Don't stand before God demanding justice because you're going to get it, and it's not going to be pleasant. The reasons why we want to worship. So why do I as a human worship, why should anybody want to worship? Well, number one, we want to know more about God. A part of Christian worship is the preaching or some kind of teaching that gets presented. We normally think of it in terms of a sermon uh, presented in a lecture format in front of an audience. Sure, that's it. Uh, If it's a small group, we might have it more of a discussion instead of uh, the sermon or the, the lecture format, whichever way. Uh, and we are to uh, convince and rebuke and exhort with all patience and teaching. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse two tells us. We also worship to build faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of faith and all the great heroes of the faith before us. Romans chapter one, beginning in verse 18, shows us that our faith is evidence-based because of the creation. And in Hebrews chapter 11, it also tells us that faith is evidence-based. Webster's Dictionary says faith is based on no evidence. The Bible says biblical faith is actually evidence-based. And then we worship to show our gratitude to God. Now, I have an almost eight-year-old, and one of the things as a parent I want to impress upon her is gratitude. When someone gives her a gift, we tell, hey, did you tell them thank you? In the old days, we used to write thank you notes. Nowadays, we probably send a text or we get on the phone. But we we, we are expected to, expre- to express or show gratitude to people who provide us with gifts or other things. Psalm chapter 100 verse 4 says to enter his gates with thanksgiving. Philippians chapter 4 says be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then in Luke chapter 17, where Jesus cured ten lepers, nine of them kept on going. One of them turned back and came to to thank him. Verse 15 of Luke 17 says, One of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice and glorified God, and fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks And he was a Samaritan. Now, the Samaritans and the Jews hated each other. The Samaritans descended from the Assyrian and Jewish uh, people who uh, intermarried during the Assyrian captivity. And there's been a lot of uh, uh, tension, to say the least. But then Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Now, Jesus was not so much concerned about being thanked for what he did, but about the man's understanding of what had happened. Nine just went off. They were free from leprosy, but not necessarily free from sin through what Jesus could do for them. And you see what Jesus did here. And eventually, ingratitude is going to be punished. And then we worship to honor God. Notice Psalm uh, 66, verse 1. Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing out the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship in you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. And then we worship God because God wants it. John chapter 4 where Jesus told the woman at the well that the hour is coming and now is, that the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And when we study this passage, we always hone in on spirit and truth. But notice, God is seeking such. God wants people to volunteer to worship. God wants us to worship. The choice is up to us whether or not we follow through with that. You know, we don't have a conscripted army anymore. It's a volunteer army. If you go to heaven, it's going to be because you volunteered. You made the choice. You made the decision. And this is not a perfect analogy, but there are parallels between our relationship to God and a parent-child relationship. And this, like I say, it's not perfect, but think of the comparison of a parent who desires to have their children and grandchildren come to visit. They seek the visit. They do what they can to encourage it. Uh, and maybe even uh, the child who might be an adult by now, eh, just doesn't bother to visit. And, or maybe visit sporadically. And then that's going to lead us to the idea in 1 Timothy chapter 2, where Paul says, I exhort, first of all, that all supplication, prayers, intercessions, And giving of thanks be made to all men for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. For this is with all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one Mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. For which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. And I was seeking the truth in Christ, not, or speaking the truth in Christ, and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. The gospel message, which is here called the knowledge of the truth, has a universal scope. It's for everybody. It doesn't matter your race, your sex, your nationality, your skin color, uh, any of that. It's for everybody. And it goes beyond an intellectual awareness. It's talking about a spiritual discernment. And notice he says uh, he desires. All men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. It is God's desire. The choice is up to you. He's not going to force anybody to uh, to become a Christian. So to wrap it up, explain why an all-powerful Creator of the universe needs praise and worship. Well, the answer is God doesn't need it. He doesn't have any deficiencies. And please explain why humans need to offer praise and worship, and in each case, what deficiencies or urges are being met. Humans are created, so we have that relationship. We are created in God's image. Humans have a deficiency. That's sin, Romans chapter 3. We uh, looked at that. And then humans have a built-in desire to elevate something in their lives, to worship something. So that's my answer to the question. If you have any other questions, feel free to submit them to Stevie or any one of us on the show. We'll be happy to answer them. Thanks for having me on, Stevie, and we'll see you next month
1: shout-it-out question. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
0: It ain't easy No
3: Sometimes it gets hard down here, Lord Sometimes it gets rough Has anybody been lonely? all my own?
1: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
2: I want to thank you for tuning into the broadcast. We had a rough start kicking off the show due to some audio difficulty, but we got it together and we had a great show. My uh, co-host, Dr. Frank Washington, did a great job on his subject dealing with the book of Revelation. I certainly appreciate his efforts on the show. And also my co-host, Steve he did a great job in answering that question. And my co-hosts are doing a great job on this show week after week. I certainly appreciate the effort that they put in on this broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not taking any of this for granted. Because, you know, there's just so much trouble in our land, so much trouble in the world, and we need to have faithful men preaching and teaching the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's why I am just so proud of these men each week as they present these lessons from the Word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just thrilled to be able to bring you a weekly broadcast, and it is my prayer that the lessons that were given on the radio show this evening have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuned in to this radio show, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's Word. I'm your host, Stephen R. Butler. And I want to say on behalf of all of my co-hosts here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. We really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. Good night, everybody. God bless you.
1: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Boom,
0: boom, uh, Our hearts'
3: desires must face the winds of doubt Expecting things from above and wanting now Seeking first the kingdom of God And all these things will be added unto you Just take a, take a hold of you We'll turn the white man into fool. Not- oh. We'll get to you Oh, we're gonna get to you So you gotta walk down the narrow way And follow in every day And don't
0: look back
3: Don't let material fail when no when he comes back. We know that a different life, I'm sure it's wasting time. You see, the Lord knows all and he will ease your mind. He told us everything we have to do do The narrow way and fall give him every day and don't look back
0: See, my made it all now do you think Jesus? Oh.
1: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
2: You've been listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show, episode 234.
0: God in the Spirit it's
3: mm-hmm. turned to you. And they, they that worship you. As, as His word, word. commend us to Don't forget, Don't forget about, about your care and, and your troubles for a while to start